Amen. You know, today is, is a beautiful day. Amen. And not just because it's beautiful outside, but it's always a beautiful thing to see God's people in one place Amen. worshiping him. That makes today a beautiful day. I'm happy to see everyone that's here today. And uh, our God, he is a, an amazing God. And he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. Now, uh, you know, last week, you know, Brother Jackson brought us a lesson on, uh, you know, out of uh, Second uh, Chronicles about Hezekiah. And uh, when he got started, I was like, man, I'm going to have to change <laughs> what passage I'm coming from today. Well, I, 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 you know, he gave us a good uh, start with, with Hezekiah, but he didn't get to where I wanted to go. So we'll we'll start out where I wanted to go from, from uh, initially. And our topic today is entitled uh, Uncertainty. So uncertainty. There we go. So bear with me for just a, a moment. I, I want to read this passage from Second Chronicles chapter 32 in uh, verses 1 through 23. Uh, and that's where I'll make my application from. Uh, I think it's, it's important that we read the whole passage uh, in order to, to get out of what we need to get out of it. So first, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 32, beginning at verse 1. It says, After all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, and that, Sennacherib, I, I got a little chuckle out of that name earlier. You know, when I looked at it, I was like, Sennac on a rib? I like the Sennac on a rib, too. You know? <laughs> so Sennacherib is his name. King of Assyria came and invaded Judea. Uh, he laid siege to the fortified city, thinking to conquer them for himself. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib uh, had come and that he intended to wage war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about the blocking off the water from the springs outside the city, and they helped him. They gathered a large group of people who blocked all the springs and the stream that flowed through the land. Why should the king of Assyria come and find plenty of water, they said. Then he worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it. He built another wall outside of that one and reinforced the terraces of the city of David and also made large numbers of weapons and shields. And he appointed military officials over the people and assembled them before him and in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battle. And the people gained confidence from uh, what Hezekiah, the king of Judea, said. Later, when Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and all his force, forces were laying siege on Lachish, 
He sent his officials to Jerusalem with this message from he uh, for Hezekiah, king of Judea, and for all the people of Judea who were there. This is what Sennacherib, king of Assyria, says. On what are the basis your confidence that you remain in, Judea, uh, in Jerusalem under siege? When Hezekiah says, the Lord your God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria, he is misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst. Did not Hezekiah himself remove this God's high places and altars, saying to Judea and Jerusalem, you must worship before one altar and burnt sacrifices unto it? Do you not know what I and my predecessors have done to all the people of the other lands? Were the gods of those nations ever able to deliver their land from my hand? Who of all the gods of these nations that my predecessors destroyed has been able to save his people from me? How then can you, your God deliver you from my hand? Now, do not let Hezekiah deceive you and mislead you like this. Do not believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my predecessors. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Now, Sennacherib's officials spoke further against the Lord uh, God and against his servant uh, Hezekiah. The king also wrote letters uh, ridiculing the Lord the God of Israel, and saying this against him, just as the gods of the people of the other lands did not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people from my hand. Then they called out in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to terrify them and to make them afraid in order to capture the city. They spoke about the God of Jerusalem as they did about the gods of other people of the world, the work of human hands. Oh, verse 20. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, uh, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the commanders and officers in the camp of a Syrian king. So he withdrew and, uh, to his own land in disgrace. And when he went into the temple of his God, his, uh, some of his sons, his own flesh and blood, cut him down with a sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem uh, from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, from the hand of all others. He took care of them on every side. Many brought offerings uh, uh, to Jerusalem uh, the, uh, for the Lord and variable gifts for Hezekiah, king of Judea. From then on, he was highly regarded by all the nations. You know, today I, I just want to talk to you a little bit about how, how do we gain peace and confidence when the future seems uncertain. 
You know, as God's people, we're going to face uncertainty. You know, and as we look in the Bible, we see all types of God's people going through uncertain times, regardless if it was Moses leading the people out of slavery or if it was David facing Goliath or, or Peter preaching, you know, that first sermon on the day of Pentecost. We're going to face uncertainty. And that's why I like this story of Hezekiah, because we can learn from it. You know, as Brother Jackson mentioned last week, you know, he talked about, you know, the story leading up for Hezekiah, you know, between the reign of David and then you come 300 years later, then you get Hezekiah. But in between, there's other kings and they all turned against God. You know, they, they, they start worshiping idols, they misuse the temple and all these things. And then when Hezekiah came on the scene, uh, about the age of 25, he became king of Judea. And he said, well, let me put this, let, 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 let us get back in God's order. Let me put this thing back right. Uh, and he did everything right for a span of about 11 years. And, and then we get to this point. And, 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 you know, this king is coming to overthrow him and overthrow Judea and Jerusalem. And you say, well, you know, he, he did all that he was supposed to do. And then you get to this, what, why me? <laughs> you know, I, I want you to think today, think today, what is the thing that one thing that worries you the most? What is that one thing that you're just <coughs> uncertain about? You know, you started down this path and, and, and you look back, you've already started and you look forward and you're like, I, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to get to the other side. Whether it's, you know, it could be a health issue. You know, why, that, that, why me? You know, why, why, am I, why am I here? Why are you uncertain about something? Is it the finances that you're uncertain about? But what is it? What is it that you're uncertain about? I want you to think of that thing. But the thing about life, it is uncertain. But God is certain. So life is uncertain, but God, he is not. And, and, and that truth alone should dictate how we deal with crisis in our life. That truth that God is certainty in our life, that should dictate how we go about our life as a Christian. You know, it's not always clear. You know, you, you, you try to think things out, you try to work it out, and it's not always clear, is it? We're faced with these decisions, but how do we deal with them? We all face them. It's something that you're going through today. I guarantee you, it's something that you're going through, regardless if it's, you know, you're in school and you're trying to work, things, trying to figure it out, how, you know, whatever it may be. Think of that thing that worries you the most. You know, uh, the thing about Hezekiah that we see in this story you know, that he had done all that he was supposed to do. You know, he had uh, tried to, you know, getting back in grace, good graces with God and, and all these things. And, and then here comes this moment. You know, and in this moment, he didn't shake his fist at God and say, hey, why me? Get mad at God. He, he didn't get depressed. He didn't say, oh, woe is me. What, what am I to do? Has God turned his eye away from me? You know, he didn't do that when he was faced with this, this uncertainty. And Hezekiah said, well, you know what? Let me do what I'm supposed to do. Let, let, let me do what I'm supposed to do because I know that God would do things according to his will. You know, he didn't get down in despair. 
So in, in these uh, times of uncertainty, we still have a responsibility as a Christian. We have something that we have to do. And God will do what only God can do. I guarantee you, he'll only do what he can do. Now, let's look at what, what did Hezekiah do? How can we learn what to do in this time of uncertainty? Well, the first thing he did was he put his house, his house in order. The first thing we have to do is get, our, get us together, get our house in order. And looking at verses 2 through uh, five. It says, when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had been, uh, had come uh, and that he intended to wage war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs and outside the city, and they helped him. They gathered a large group of people who blocked all the springs and the stream that flowed through uh, the land. Why should we uh, why should the king of Assyria come and find plenty of water, uh, they said. Then he worked hard, repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it. He built another wall outside of that one and reinforced the terraces of the city of David. He also made a large number of weapons and shields. You know, so he did a few things here to get his house in order. You know, he blocked off the bad. You know, sometimes we have to block off the bad. You know, so he said that, uh, you know, why, why, why should we allow this king to partake of the water of the stream? And why should we allow him uh, the opportunity to stay longer than he wants to? Why should we allow the enemy to get comfortable? You know, so we have to identify what that bad is in our life. And some of us you know, that bad may be a habit that you have picked up. You know, that habit may be pornography. Hmm. That habit may be smoking or drinking or whatever it may be. You know, that, habit, that, that, that bad thing may be your finances. You say, how can it be my finances? How can that be the bad in my life? Well, if that, your finances, if you're chasing uh, an extra job and these, extra, these jobs that take you away from worshiping God. That's how, that's the bad in your life. Some, you have to get rid of the bad out of your life. You know, if, if that job is taking you away from worshiping God on Sunday, that, that's the bad in your life. You can find another job. I, I guarantee you can find another job. <laughs> so whatever that bad is, that relationship that you may be in, you know, it may be okay today, but you know good and well that that person is drawing you away from the church. That's the bad that we have to cut off in our life. We have to identify what it is that's going to make the enemy linger longer. What is it that's going to take me away from my God? And that's, that's what Hezekiah did. He first blocked off that stream. He said, I don't, I don't want this king to linger any longer than he has to. I don't want him to get a foothold. So we have to recognize what, that, what is it that, that Satan is getting a foothold on us? What is it? And we have to block that off. We have to get our house in order. And the next thing he did, you know, in order to get his house in order, he had to mend, mend the broken. And it says that he worked hard to repair the broken sections of the wall. He had to work hard repairing the broken sections of the wall. Now, mending the broken, this is, is the hardest part about getting 
your house in order. Now, see, this is something that what once was working fine, but now is broken. This is the, uh, you know, the unhealthy marriage. This is what we have to mend. If this is leading us away from, from God, if this is what is bringing the uncertainty, I think it's over in Malachi when he talked about, you know, uh, leaving the uh, wife of thy youth and mis- mistreating your wife, and that's blocking off those blessings. So if, if you're in an unhealthy marriage, get that marriage right. That is bringing about uncertainty in your life. Let's, let's mend what's broken. So that's how we have to get our house in order. If it's your health, you know, thank God that we live in a country where we have access to health care. You know, some of you are allowing your health to come between you and God. You're there worrying. You're like, you know, I'm, I'm aching and, and all these things today, so I'm not going to go worship him. You know, I can go everywhere else, but I'm going to use this to say I'm not going to worship God today. So what is it that you have to mend? And, and, and sometimes it's as easy as going to the doctor. All that worrying that you're doing, the doctor will tell you what you have, what you need to do, and you just need to abide by what the doctor tells you to do. And then that's how you mend your health and keep things moving. And, and at that point, it's not about worrying. That, you know, a few weeks ago, I talked about, you know, how powerful the mind is, how powerful the brain is. And, you know, it's not the situation that makes us worry. It's not the bill. You know, we're going to always have bills. That bill is sitting there on the table. But you thinking and worrying about that's that's what's bringing the worry about. That's what's bringing the stress about. It's your own mind. You know, I, I see people with with health issues, you know, that that. They're the most positive people you ever meet. You know, you look at them and say, you know, well, hey, <laughs> if you're going through that and you are just as upbeat as you are, man, I, I have nothing to complain about. You see those types of people all the time. So if you're going through something health wise and, and it's bringing you down, you have to mend that. That's, that's the part of you that you're going to have to get together in this time of uncertainty. And some of it is financial decisions. You know, you're faced with these, uh, you know, these tough decisions that you have to make financially. We all do. If you're grown, you're going to have some financial decisions you're going to have to make. But if that financial decision is, is based on, you know, you getting two or three jobs so that you can hold on to that five-bedroom house, sometimes you need to get rid of the house and, and live within your means. You know, so if that's the the broken part, if that's what needs mending in your relationship, if that's what's bringing about all this uncertainty and all this stress in your life, man, step back a moment. Stop and say, well, what is it that I can do to ease things on myself? How, How can I get my house in order so that I can make God my number one priority? How can I aid and how can I help with this uncertainty, this worry in my in my life? It's, a, it's about mending. And he said he, he worked hard to repair what was broken. Sometimes it's going to take a tough decision on your part to get back to the basics. If it's financial, sometimes it's about getting back to the very basics. If it's health, it's about going to the doctor and getting back to the very basics, doing what you need to do. We see this with Hezekiah. He said, well, let me get to work doing my part. <laughs> let me get my house in order. And, and then thirdly, to get his house in order. 
he bolstered the weak. It said it, he uh, built another wall outside of the other one and reinforced the supporting terraces. You know, uh, there's something that we need to do. To, sometimes uh, things are going fine in our life. You know, there's things that are uh, that we have to deal with. You know, that 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 may be our weak point in our life. Uh, there are some things that we are doing that are okay in our lives right now, but we know if, if, if Satan decides to target those things, then it's going to tear us down. You know, that could be that your marriage is going fine right now. But God knows if, if, if Satan decided to target your marriage, then, then that's going to bring about a crisis in your life. Now, those are the types of things that we need to bolster. It could be your church life. Right now, you're coming to church on Sunday. That's great. That's great, but you need to reinforce that. You need to reinforce that. that you know, that job may bring you, you know, take you away, but you need to reinforce and that come back to second service. You need to start coming to Wednesday. The, the uh, Zoom that we have every day of the week just about. You know, those types of things that you're going to have to do to reinforce you. You know, that's, those are the things that we're going to have to do. And the next thing that he did was he had to get his mind right. He had to get his mind right. And not only did he get his mind right, but he had to get the mind right of, uh, of, of the people as well. And we see that over in, second, uh, in beginning at verse 6. It says, he appointed military officials over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah the king of Judea had to say. Now, the king uh, uh, tried to you know, send words of discouragement. He tried his best to discourage them. But then we see Hezekiah giving words of encouragement. And thank God that they did not get discouraged, but they were indeed encouraged. Now, wise people, wise people, you know, they, they, one thing that they do in difficult times is they limit the voices of influence. You know, they don't make a decision based on, you know, the uncertainty or, or, or those uh, skeptical things that they don't really know about. You know, they make a decision based on what they do know. You know, sometimes we have to, uh, you know, read God's word for encouragement. Not sometimes, we always, you know, anytime that we need to be encouraged, no matter what we're going through in our life, we can find encouragement in God's word so that we won't be discouraged. So we have to get our mind right. And then thirdly, he prayed until peace came. Prayed until peace came. In, verses, in verse 20, it says, King Hezekiah, the prophet, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, uh, cried out uh, in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all 
uh, the fighting men and the commanders and officers in the camp of Assyrian king. So he withdrew uh, from his own land in, uh, in disgrace. So they prayed. They prayed. Now, you say, I, I, I've been praying, but I don't have peace. You say, I, I, I have, I'm dealing with this situation that's wearing me down. There's this decision that I, I'm trying to make, and uh, it's this uncertainty, and I'm just worried. I've been praying, but why, why, don't, why don't I have peace? Why am I staying up at night? Why, why, why am I vexed with this thing? Well, my, my question is, are you praying right? Are, are you praying right? Are you praying for this result? Now, uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You say, I, I've done that. I, I'm, I'm telling them what, what I need. The situation that I'm dealing with, I, I've made my petition known to him but I still don't have peace. It's in verse seven, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. It said it will guard your hearts and your mind. Now see, most of us are praying for God to guard our requests. You say, God, you, hey, this is my request. This is my request. I keep praying this, this request. You have it, guard this. But are we praying, have we got to that point in our prayer yet where we said, God, not my will, but let thy will be done? Have you got to that part of the prayer yet? You know, are you praying, Lord, just help me with this? Lord, I need this. Lord, I'm dealing with this. But have you said, Lord, let thy will be done? Have you got there? See, that, that's what is going to give us our peace. Now, see, we, 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 we're praying, and we should not pray until just when our answer comes or when the, the issue has been resolved. That's not what we're praying for. And I say, that's what you think. You know, that's what we think. Lord, I, this is what I'm dealing with. Solve this. But what we should be praying for is that peace, that peace of mind. And see, God has a way of doing things like we can't even imagine. He has, a point, he has a way of getting us to point B when we're thinking we need to stay right here. We serve an amazing God. So when we pray, we should pray for our faith in God to increase. And we think that, you know, our problems or, you know, things are resolved when there's an absence of our problems, when the problems go away. But actually, we get the peace not from the absence of problems, but from the presence of God. That's where only you were going to get that peace. Only is where you're going to get that peace. You know, so I don't know what it is that you're dealing with today. You know, I had this, this, uh, this topic on my mind for a couple of weeks, and then I said, well, let me look at this passage. And then, lo and behold, Brother Jackson started with Hezekiah last week. And, you know, so I, I don't know who the lesson is for. I, but I, I do believe that God's word is always intentional. So I don't know if, who's dealing with one thing or another today, but I know as a Christian, we're going to all face uncertainty. And we must know how as a Christian to deal with it. We can't, we're not 
like the world. It's not for us to turn to alcohol and, you know, we have our friends and our confidence, those people that we confide in and talk to, but they can't solve your issue like God can. They can't give you the peace that you're looking for. I guarantee you, whatever you're going through, if it's a medical issue, if it's a financial issue, if it's something that you, a big decision that you have to make coming up, ask God for understanding. Get back to the basics. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. Get your house in order. If it's, if you, you, if, if it's a point where you, know, you, you have an issue with your mother or father, your son or daughter, get that right. If, if you have an issue with right now with your marriage, if something's going on in your marriage and yet you got turmoil over here, get your marriage right. Whatever you need to do to get your house in order, get your house in order. But make sure not only do you get your house in order, but once you do, pray for understand, pray for guidance and let God lead you through it. He'll give you the peace that you need. Only he can give you a peace and understanding through your uncertainty. Now, if there's someone here today, and that's pretty much my message, but if there's someone here today that, you know, you're living your life, you're just kind of going through it, and you're uncertain about life, you're un- some people are just uncertain about life in general. Uh, 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 you're stuck in a rut, you, you've kind of, uh, it's like you're spinning your wheels, going around in circles. But it doesn't have to be so. God put the church into in, in, in play for a reason. You know, not only because he's coming back for it, but we're here for a reason. Not only to worship God, but we're here to admonish one another. You know, when we are here to worship together, to praise God together, we get to know one another. We get to build a bond and a relationship with one another. That's great. So you have to understand, whatever you're going through in life is not... It's not unique for you. Someone else has probably gone through the same thing. But the thing is, the reason that we are here, not only to worship God and to build our relationships, but it's really about getting our soul right with Christ. And if you're here today and you haven't uh, given your life over to Christ, it's, 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 it's simple. It's a simple process. If you've been somewhere and you say, well, you know, I, I grew up in, in such and such and, you know, I, I was baptized when I was a kid. Well, do, do you even know what it, you have to do to be saved? Do you, know, do, do you know? Was it just because you went and got dipped in the pool? Do you know why you got dipped in the pool? You know, so there is a plan, a true plan of salvation. You must hear God's word. You must believe it. You must repent. You must confess and be baptized. Now, you say, well, okay, well, that, that sounds simple. But if you're somewhere and they did not share this with you and show you scripture, that is an indication that you were indeed in the wrong place. So if that uncertainty is in your life, God's word is, is true. And, and uh, there is one church. So don't, don't, don't be mistaken about it. And, and you know, I, I hope and pray that if there is someone here today that is not a member of the body of Christ, I'm just going to go through it extremely quickly. But I hope and pray that if something pricks your heart, if you have questions, please let me know. Because it is such a, a sense of urgency 
that you get your life right with Christ. You know, life, this life is, is not guaranteed to you. Now, the, the one certain thing is you're going to die one day. You are going to die one day. And you are indeed going to be judged. Ephesians 4 and 4 says there is one body and one spirit. Just as we're called to the one hope where uh, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. In Colossians 1.18, it says, and he is the head of the body, the church. There is one church. There is one church that Christ built. And to reiterate what I, I said, that these words, these words, whatever, these words that, these inspired words that God has left for our instructions. These are the words that you're going to be judged by. It's not because mama did this and daddy did that or so, you know, such and such told you this. It's these words are what you're going to be judged by. So if you find yourself today in an uncertain situation, get your life right with Christ today. Put him on in baptism. There's no, we, we don't put off to a certain Sunday. We don't, put off, we, don't, it, we don't even put off to a certain day. It is that important that you get your life right with Christ. You have heard God's word. At some point along the way, you've said, you know what? I've heard that God created heaven and earth. I, I, at some point, I heard that Jesus is the son of God. He came to this earth. He died he, you know, for the remission of, uh, so that I may be remitted of my sins. You said, I, I, I have heard this, and I, I, I believe it. I believe that Jesus is real. I believe that Jesus is coming back one day. That's great. You've heard it. You believe it. But now there's a part of repentance. There's, there's a part that says, you know, well, you know, I believe that, but I, you know, I, I've been doing my own thing. Well, that's the repentance. That's what we have to get right. That's, that's a change. And then you must be baptized. There's a confession. Christ said, if you confess me before men, he uh, confess you before the Father. So that confession must be made. But so important is the baptism. That is so important that we must get right for the remission of our sins. So if you haven't got that part right, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, let's get that right today. And if, if you say you've done all those things and, you know, you haven't been faithful to Christ, you haven't been faithful to God, get that right today. It's not guaranteed that when you walk out these doors, you're going to make it home. It's not guaranteed. So life is uncertain, but God is certain. Judgment is certain. Hell is certain. And oh, thank God, heaven is also certain. So please get it right today. That is my message. What is our song? As we stand and sing. Page 98. I surrender all.